let's go back to process first, because process is one of the things besides relationship that I wanted to talk about. Now, one of the things we talk about is the process. Now, process is all that stands between you and an end product. So if you have success in a creative endeavor, you can get there in one of two ways, blind luck or process. And one of these things is repeatable and one of them is not. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right, welcome to the podcast. And we have a guest. This is a reoccurring guest, someone who's been on the show a couple times before already. Probably many times more to come after this. This is Scott Smith. Scott is a screenwriter. Um, he is actually doing a series of courses right now. He's on the fifth of eight, and it's with the Hollywood uh, script teachers, and, and he's been learning a lot. The other thing about Scott is that he's been going through a really amazing process as a screenwriter. And anybody who's out there trying to commit to their dream, trying to figure out how to go from kind of doing life without it and then figure out how to make this actually work and do it. You've, you've been like a butterfly, man. You've just been transforming and it's been incredible. That's why we wanted to get you back on the podcast. You're still in process. That's something we're going to talk about. Um, you also wanted to bring in some, some insights and some ideas you had about relationship and practice and discipline. And as somebody who's been watching you go through your process, I know that practice of discipline has been a huge part of what has kind of turned a corner from you because I've just seen you go from struggling against that, making that fight to really commit and follow through to just being someone who's absolutely dedicated every single day. And even after this podcast, he told me, I got to go because I got to go home. And I got to do my writing and I got to get this stuff done today, which is just an incredible attitude. I just really respect and appreciate. Um, yeah. So you're going to share some experiences about writing and life and uh, let's get into it, man. So tell me this, tell Evan and I this, what, what's the transformation? Like, like where did things shift between now and the last time we talked? Like what's the big thing that you've noticed for yourself? Well, thanks for having me again. I love being on this, uh, on this podcast with you guys. Um, it's not one thing, you know, it wasn't a specific, maybe it was a specific decision that I made, but it, you realize where you are on the journey. And at that point, it gives you some context because you can look backwards at where you were and it, going from where you were to where you are now, it allows you to look forward and, and kind of be like, if this has already happened in only this much time, imagine where I could be, you know, in the future. Um, but, you know, I, I saw him on YouTube. Um, I, I learned about this course on YouTube and I, I watched an interview with him and, um, and something inside of me was just like, just reach out and see if you can be in this course, you know? And I did. And the rest is history. Like I just, I, I trust in the process. And so I haven't, I haven't stopped. It's just been, it's, I think it's been more than a year and a half now. I've just been doing the next course and the next course and the next course. And uh, 
And then when you look back on it, you're like, wow, like, look at how far I've come. Like, look at how much my life has transformed. Right. But it's like, it's like losing weight. Yeah. You know, you don't notice when you're doing it at the moment, but after a few months you look and you go, oh, hey, what I'm doing is working. What I'm doing is changing me, you know? So I would and, say. and the teacher, the teacher that you're working with or the teachers. Yeah. So the, the original teacher, um, the three courses were Corey Mandel. Um, and he, he's a, a huge Hollywood script doctor guy works with, you know, Steven Soderbergh, um, uh, Paul Haggis, you know, these kinds of people and, and they bring scripts to him. And, um, he, he's a lot like, he's a lot like you guys because he's very humble. Um, he actually, his big claim to fame is that he, <laughs> it's not really great fame, but he wrote battlefield earth. Okay. <laughs> now, now he, he always, turned down what he felt was wrong for him, but they threw so much money at him. He was like, oh, I shouldn't take this for the money. I really shouldn't do it. But the thing that, that ended up, he said, um, and these are his words that pushed him to do it was he, he felt tired of having stuff not made, but in production hell. Yeah. And so this had a, they were going to make this. And he was like, I really want to see something of mine get made. Now he owns the failure of this movie, but he said that this, the script that you see in the movie is not my script. They took that and they butchered it, but my name's on it. And that was a decision I made out of money instead of out of creativity and what was really going on in my heart. And I have to live with that now, you yeah. know, but he wouldn't change it any other way. You know, he, he, uh, he's learned a lot of lessons and it, and it, it, pointed him in the direction that he was supposed to do he was born to be a teacher right. you know so yeah. he found that through making this bad choice and um and so i took three courses from him and you learn a lot of things and then i i moved into um what's called the intensives and the intensives are where you really hone things you hone the tools it's it's the practice the practice the reps and then um, there, the final, um, intensive is, is something about, it's called the sequence intensive. And what that is, is kind of learning how to scale up what we do and, um, and really kind of use the tools in a, in the way that you want. So you're armed with the tools, but you have the freedom to use them however you want. And, and one of the things that they had said that, that really got me interested was that you can write till your face is blue. But if you don't have the tools, you can't compete. So he, the example that he used is trying to hammer in a nail with a straw. You know, you think I'm doing this wrong. I, it's me, it's me. And it's no, you just don't have the tool mm -hmm. till someone gives you a hammer and then you go, oh, it wasn't me. It was the tool, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think that's a really important lesson. I think everybody can take away from this because yeah, like there is so much, and Evan and I talk about this a lot, you know, there's so much as an artist where it's like, I must not be good enough, you know, which is the a weirdly a natural kind of conclusion that a lot of creatives come to because we're 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 constantly told like nobody can make a career in the arts and you know, you need to get a real job and da-da-da-da-da. And so we assume, okay, well, these people have it, but I don't, I don't have that special thing. And 
I think what you're you've you've been learning is that sometimes it's it's more just a tool that you're missing because it can't get the job done. And it really, at the end of the day, I think, you know, I mean, I think you'd agree, Evan, right? It's blaming ourselves is really the last thing we should do. That's like if you've tried yeah. everything, then maybe you could do that, but you probably haven't tried everything. So it's never really a good reason. But have you ever tried everything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's, there's always, if, if you believe there's another way, there's always another way. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think you can, you can maybe make the argument that you could blame yourself if you don't try to do something different, if something's not, not working. Right. Um, that's a circumstance where it's like, well, yeah, like, because if you're not even looking to, to find the tools, if you're not seeking to improve or being able to recognize what isn't working, um, you know, that's, that's a whole issue in and of itself. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Well, another thing too, is Evan and I have been talking a lot about, we've been talking a lot about process recently. We've been talking a lot about the unknown and how there's a certain part of art where you need to leave it up to kind of the work you've done and trust the works there and not show the work. Right. But I think there's also another side to this, which is, and, and, you know, you're a good example of this, but you still have to do the work. You have to learn, you know, you have to learn how these things work. Um, something you were telling mm -hmm. me the other day was, a. Uh, um, about conflict. You've been learning a lot about conflict and how mm -hmm. that works. And it was something you didn't fully understand. And, and it sounds very uh, transformational. Do you maybe want to share a little bit about some of these insights? Well, and you, sure. You, you don't realize that you don't know until the day you realize, right. you know, you've been blaming yourself. <laughs> of course, of course. And then you realize, Oh shit, I just didn't know it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so what I thought, I thought I had a, an okay understanding of conflict, but really when I go back and I read my old screenplays, it's just people arguing. It's just people talking back and forth and there's no real conflict, you know? So what I've learned about the reps is, I mean, there's no magic pill, you know? And that's, that's one of the things they talk about in the course. It's just like, the only thing that's going to get you there is hard work, you know? Yeah. And even then you might not make it, but cares you know it's it's all about it's all about pushing it's all about pushing yourself you know and so one of the things that i wanted to talk about here was one of the things when you guys were asking me what i wanted to mention was about relationship now this is really important and i've been dying to say this um but i feel like it's all about relationships and in my mind, there's two worlds that every one of us lives in. There's the external world and our internal world, right? So we live in a society that tells us the outside world is the most important to the detriment of the inside world. And like you could see um, a rich billionaire who's successful, who has no personal life, no one loves him, he can't share his money with anyone or her. And they're, they're emotionally bankrupt, but on the outside world, they're successful. Similarly, you can have someone who doesn't have much, who is completely content on the inside. And I just think that the real key is knowing that the relationship on the inside is more important than the relationship on the outside. And this is something that we're all struggling with, each and every one of us. We don't know how to get out of our own way. Society, we live in a society that tells you you can't do it. 
you're not enough. And it's all about that relationship that you have to yourself. And if you, if you can get that relationship solid, nothing can shake you. And that doesn't mean that you don't have off days, you know, but one of the things that I've, I've come to recently with my relationship with my inner self is, is that society tells us to look at the outside world, like it's a tragedy, but what if it's a comedy, you know, what if spoken like a true writer, (laughs) what if, what if every bad thing that you think is actually hilarious, you know, like how much would we get out of our own way? If you could just laugh at yourself instead of feeling like, Oh, I'm failing. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I can't do this. Right. I can't do that. Right. If you just went, man, I suck. (laughs) And you just laughed about it. Well, then the next step is easier to take than if you're constantly browbeating yourself, you know? Mm. So I guess I would open the floor to you guys. So what you think about the relationship between your inner self and our relationship to the outside world, because like, I'll have to say, you know, you look at social media, you look at Instagrams and Facebooks, and it's all fake. It's all fake. People say, this is my best life. This is my best life. Look at how amazing I look. But it's not real. None of it's real. And when you get that person alone and they share that inner turmoil that's coming out, you realize the only real relationship that matters is the one with ourselves. So what do you guys think about that? (laughs) Oh, man. So like there's, I mean there's been so much that's been said uh and there are so many threads that i'd love to pull on in all of this so like let's see if if we can't maybe you know get a few few in all together um there's a few things that you've talked about and you you've brought up earlier like this this thing of the tools you know you're you're trying to ha- hammer a nail with 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 a straw and you just didn't have the tool and and not making that thing about you, um, you know, I think that this is all related to what you're saying as far as relationship to yourself as well. Um, and I also wanted to juxtapose this a little bit too with some of the things you're saying um, about this this training that you're going through and, and honing your skills, which is such an important thing to do. Um, and I wanted to present, uh, oh, sorry. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about as well, which was for me, you're touching on this element of how really what we're trying to do in art is to actually just show what we are, you know, and in understanding ourselves and who we are. And, and this is something I'll p- be paraphrasing one of my favorite philosophers, Jita Krishnamurti, but he said, if you understand yourself, you will understand all of all of humanity if you truly understand yourself. Um, and it's so interesting that, you know, we, there's this simultaneous um, understanding development that we're, that we're doing in order to create art. You know, there's this side of, well, you need the tools which are definitely important because there's this stuff inside of you that you really want to say, all that real human shit that you're trying to, to tap into and find a way to give it expression. And if you don't have the tools, that you, you, what you create won't 
share that vision that you have. You, you, it won't get there, not for yourself and not for the audience. And yet at the same time, I'll argue that just like, because in my own experience as well, you know, when I started as an actor learning the tools of an actor and a lot of the techniques and the craft of, of all this stuff, I definitely benefited tremendously from it. Um, but there was a time in which I made the mistake of thinking that that was what I was doing, that, that the art was just the technique, that the art was just these, these sort of tools that I was, that I was being given and, and learning. And that wasn't an answer either. Um, just in my own experience. So I don't know exactly what, uh, you know, well, I, I'm going to hand it off here because I've just opened up a bunch of things, but that's what I'm taking in from you, Scott. Um, that's some of the thoughts that I'm having surrounding uh, everything that you've just laid out. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, <laughs> what I'm hearing is a reflection of what I've said in terms of the in the internal relationship being more important than the external. I'm not saying that the external relationship to the world, to the people around you isn't important. It's extremely important, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't have a quality relationship with the inside. Mm -hmm. Similarly, this is the reflection that you were mentioning that I picked up on at least is that you're learning the tools, but none of that matters if you don't have something to say, right? Yeah. It's always the internal. Like I said, everything could fall away. You could feel adrift out to sea with no land in sight. But if your relationship with yourself is steady and firm, you always believe there's a way. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't know why I'm reminded of this, but uh, my, one of my great-great-grandfathers is Captain Cook. Captain Cook, you know, was one of those sailors that um, actually people were told not to attack his ship because he was such a good sailor and, and such somebody who was um, uh, connecting a lot of things. So it was like an off limits ship to actually fight. And he explored, he was, he actually taught the world uh, a lot about navigation and a lot of what we know today about navigation came from my, one of my great grandfather's Captain Cook. Then the thing I find interesting about him and just his life, and you know, the past is a past, and people did the best they could at the time. But somebody who would go out to sea and go into the unknown, and with this kind of vision of like, I'm going to find something out there, and I, and not only that, I'm going to enroll and and gather these people to come with me, and not only that, I'm going to enroll the highest people, the most powerful people in the world to fund me to do this stuff. And then to do it so well that those people like royalty would say, do not attack this ship. This is, this is someone who is out there in the world that we want. And I think about that that's a lot like making a film. You know, you become somebody who I got to gather all these people. I got to bring them together and say, I have this vision. I believe we can make something and get them to believe in that. And then to go out and to, you don't, really truthfully know for sure that it's going to work, but there's something inside of you that you think is going to work. And um, when I think about what you're talking about, he couldn't go out into the world and just be like, I'm just going to take a sail ship and just, you know, a sailing ship and just see what happens. He had to learn how to sail. He had to learn how to lead men and women. He had to learn 
how to deal with this. And sure, he probably made a lot of mistakes along the way, but that's the craft and that's what you learn. But that vision inside of him, that belief that I will find this plot of land out there, which reminds me, and I think this is why I'm actually thinking about this. You've talked about this in your course about how there's this plot of land that you're kind of headed towards. I mean, I don't know how much you can share about that, but that to me, when you talked about that, that was kind of like vision, right? Mm. And I think like um, there's something about being an artist where you don't actually know exactly what it is you're trying to say always, but you have something that you feel like if you tried, you could find it, you could, you could get at it, you could maybe share it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if maybe, uh, maybe there's something about that you could kind of, because that was, a, that was pretty profound. A lot of stuff you shared with me about just what you learned from the course, um, you know, obviously as cryptic as you have to be not to share. Right. <laughs> right. I, I talk about yeah. it in different terms. Yeah. And, um, but, it, you know, taking it back to navigation, it's a navigation. It's a sense of navigation. I'm embarking on a creative endeavor requires navigation and you have to know what you're sailing towards, whether you're making a film, whether you're writing a book, whether you're acting, whether you're lighting a scene, right? Whatever it is, it, it, it all has to do with navigation. And to take it back to Captain Cook there, I mean, how do you think he enrolled all those people? People aren't stupid. People can sense when you have a good relationship to yourself, right? Mm. And, you know, you mentioned, yeah, he probably made mistakes, but mistakes are great. Failure is great. We, we, there's this book, uh, Mindset, that um, I read. And Mindset basically explains to you, and you can either take this on or not. There's two, there's two mindsets. There's the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Now, the fixed mindset says, this is as good as I'll be. I can't learn that. If, if I fail this right now, it says that I'm a failure. And then there's the growth mindset that says like every failure is a success. If I'm failing, I'm learning. If I'm learning, I'm succeeding. So to me, I, I try and look at failure and, and it changed my whole life when I read this book, but important book. <laughs> Important okay. Keep that in, the, in your back pocket. <laughs> My back pocket there. No, but but honestly, it you have to believe that you can grow. Otherwise, you are living in failure daily. And what's the point of doing anything if you just feel like a constant failure? I think it goes back to your point. Is this a comedy or a tragedy? Exactly. And and failure, if it's a comedy where you can go, I fucked that up. Oh, well, yeah. let me try again and see if I can get it right this time. When it's a tragedy, it's, I fucked that up. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm not good enough. Yeah. That's when you make your life a tragedy. And actually, I'm starting to see this come full circle. The That's why you got to laugh at a failure. Yep. You know, you have to be like, okay, I fucked it up. I admit it. I made a mistake. I, stupid, right? Or silly, or that was ignorant, or whatever you want to look at it. It's mm -hmm. not a big deal. It doesn't mean anything about you. Mm -hmm. If you can laugh at it, actually, I think that, you know, Evan would probably agree. It, that's a good relationship with yourself, right? To be able to laugh at something and be like, like, I remember I did Evan's, uh, uh, his intensive, which is fantastic. And anybody who's in acting, I honestly like seriously recommend it. Cause I studied for like 20 years. I did his intensive and I'm like, I'm learning all over again. <laughs> I don't know anything. Yay. <laughs> but I did his intensive and, uh, he paired me up with this girl. Um, and, and, and he gave us, uh, he gave us a task. We had to do our repetition because it's Meisner. 
but we also had to try to do something else. And this person, I could not get her to pay attention to me. And the amount of anger that came up inside of me was embarrassing how angry I was and how, but it also taught me not to be embarrassed about that. That that's like, because I had a bad relationship with myself and anger, you know what I mean? But through doing the work, I actually got closer to myself. Um, and actually, I think the the performance benefited, the 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 experience benefited from what at the moment ex- I experienced as loss of control, and also also like a, just an embarrassing thing. Like I don't like to show that I'm out of control. I don't like to show that I'm this angry. I don't like to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's like process. Um, but I don't know, like. Um, maybe I'll pass the sword to Evan because we've been kind of going back and forth. What do you think about that, man? I mean, I'm sure you have some thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to just go back to a few things um, that were that that Scott you were talking about, and and um, where did I want to pick this up? It was it was something that it was so interesting to me about what you said, or at least kind of where this conversation. Uh, seems to be heading um or at least to in in my own mind I, I was reminded of something that someone said to me a long time ago um they were sort of in the spiritual you know spiritual teachers realm and they and they talked about um they talked about like life like the human experience as infinity in an atom and I, I was just, what you were saying just has kind of made me think of, of our relationship to our craft, our relationship to what we do as being that sort of the atom. We are sort of these infinite things and this craft is this atom and you're learning how to stuff all of this stuff that's inside you into this atom that is your craft, that is whatever you do and, and there's ways that you learn how to use that and wield it. But there's something um, that's so like, it, it, it almost can't even be contained in that. It's, it's godliness, really. The conscious mind, what we are able to do is no different than what's out in the cosmos. It's, it's, it's all there is. It's all that matters. You know what I mean? And no, if, I don't. No, <laughs> no, go on. I, I, it's, it's that we are, we are everything. We are stardust. We are the, the, the ability to be self-aware, the ability to, to go anywhere you want in your imagination, to be bound by nothing is as important. It, it's, it's God. It really is. In my opinion, it's God. And it's as important as, as it's important to recognize that that is as important as faith. You know, it, it, what you see the miracle of space to me is the same thing as the miracle that happens within. I really believe that what is in here is out there. Mm. And, and I do believe that it is a reflection of what's going on with inside of you. So for example, Captain Cook, he's able to galvanize these people because he has this relationship with himself. And people can see that it's your ability that you're talking about to laugh about something because that draws people in. 
when you don't have a good relationship with yourself and you go, oh, I suck or, oh, I got angry, I'm so pathetic or whatever the bullshit is that we are trained to tell ourselves, well, then you cut yourself off, not just from the source, but from what's going on outside of you. And people sense that people are not stupid. And if you want to be in a collaborative medium like art, and I'm a screenwriter, but I still find that a hugely collaborative art, especially with the end product of you know, I love the idea of making something that brings all these people together doing all these things. That just doesn't happen unless you come from that growth mindset. And I think the growth mindset is what is what solidifies that relationship. And I'm not saying that you can't feel anger. I'm not saying that you can't feel sadness. These are legit emotions. But punishing yourself for feeling them is dysfunctional. People pick up on that and they don't yeah. want to be in your orbit so to speak. Mm. Does that make sense? I, yeah. I like that description. It's dysfunctional because it is, mm -hmm. it's a total dysfunction of the self to blame yourself, to, 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 to call yourself not good enough and to, to, to do all this dance that so many of us do where we battle with um, this kind of sense of identity. And it's interesting you pointing that out about like, this is, this is God, you know, this is like this, this imagination. And I, I agree. And what's interesting is like you and I are not religious people, but you use that term. And I think that's a trigger word for a lot of people today because they hear the word like God and they go, oh, God's like, you must be, you must be this religion. You must be that religion. It's like, take your assumptions out of that. It's the outside world. It's you not know, the inside. That's the outside world. Because your interpretation of what is, you know, God or the universe or just infinite, whatever infinite is for you is, you know, use a term and a term that, you know, it, it's like, <laughs> I'll explain this for my own example. I did um, a journey, a spiritual journey, and I did um, an ayahuasca and a wachuma journey as a, as a weekend. And on the wachuma journey, um, which was on the second day of this journey, um, I don't know how to explain this other than I looked into affinity. Like I looked mm, into what did. the infinite is. And it was so overwhelming that I was literally like, oh my God, okay, 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 okay stop, 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 stop. I can't, I, I cannot go any further because once I saw it, I, it was an experience that was so overwhelming, so profound, so much more than anything I could even grasp in my, in my life right now that I was like, okay, I, I, I'm, this is as far as I can go. But the fact that I saw it made me see that Everything I think I am, everything I think I know is such a small, tiny version of what that was. And so it made me realize, I'm like, I don't need to hang on to this tiny version. Even if all I can see at this moment is this tiny version of myself, I don't need to hang on to it. It's, it's mm -hmm. like dust. It can blow away in the wind and there will be something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I know I'm talking kind of woo-woo crazy wild stuff get but, on the woo, -woo train man <laughs> but i think this is kind of this is the this is the thing that that evan and i are always trying to tap into like this artist journey is like you're not you're not what you think you are you know you're not just that and if you think you're not good enough i promise you you're not that that's just what you mm -hmm. seem to think you are right now mm -hmm. and that's totally okay mm -hmm. that's 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 actually necessary in your journey, but you don't have to hang on to it and label yourself that for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I started this conversation kind of by pointing out, you know, I've seen you go through a butterfly effect since the last time you were on, 
And, um, you know, I watched you let go a lot of this stuff, you know, uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, can I do this? Can I not do this? And it's just almost like it's not in your, in your world anymore. But, but you, you know, when you talk about this universal kind of this God type thing, it's like, cause you realize you're not that, you know, and that blew away like dust. It just became an old version of who you once were, but you went through it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It completely yeah. makes sense. And what if, what if what you saw that vastness was like a pool of potential, you know, what if it was you seeing what, what you're capable of? What if, what if you saw behind the curtain and just saw the size of it all? And, it, and, and I get that, that it could be like, whoa, 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 I can't take it. I can't take it. But I bet you can, you know? We, we live in this limited view because we believe the outside instead of the inside. Now, as we talk about this, 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 this consciousness being God, me, and, and, and that's what I mean is it's, it's unending, you know? It's, it's so connected. And then to take it back to what Evan's talking about, the particular craft that you choose being like an atom, being a molecule. And if, if really, if you're a God, you can make that molecule what you want you know, and you don't have to, you don't have to associate any, any uh, reward to it, 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 or any terrible stakes, it can just be, it can just be what it is, you know, that's super woo-woo, but, you know, (laughs) it's been, it's been a a while since we've gone like down, and I'm always down for a bit of a woo-woo train, you know, I'm, I'm down for just, just, (laughs) just, getting into like the like the the unfathomable mystery of anything <laughs> yeah we are everything all at once you know yeah we really are and we yes we live in a physical world but we also live in this magical place that's inside of us that we need to cultivate because I honestly believe those that really cultivate that they draw success, they draw whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be monetary success. That's outward. You know, success might be improving your interpersonal relationship. It might be, you know, improving a clarity with yourself. It might be understanding that you don't know anything really, you know, and I find that exciting. I find that that super cool. Like that's something I want to jump towards. And, you know, talking earlier, you're saying about um, you've seen me just kind of let these things go. I mean, it's been a lot of work, but I've I've spent so much time being fixed mindset in my life that I'm just done. I will not mm. go back there. And whether I sell 100 screenplays and win an Oscar or I never sell a thing because the relationship in myself that I'm working on from my growth mindset, I am going to be a success because it's not a wasted life. Right. You know? Well, you, I mean, you are a success in that you're doing the life you want to do. Exactly. Because I mean, how many people are going about their life, not living the life they want to do? Mm-hmm. Like they're not like, and, and I think that there's something in this too, which is just the, the fact that you're doing it is the success. And we get so caught up in like achievement and, things like this, that we forget that it's like, yeah, but there's this life that 
that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like the way it's happening right now, maybe look at that because Mm -hmm. you have access to so much. And yet we feel limited because, oh, well, like I'm stuck here or this is happening out there. And it's like, if none of that mattered, how would you, how would you live? I mean, people ask that all the time. If you had all the money in the world, what would you do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's gold. It's all gold, man. You know, and, and this, this idea that, that, that you're a failure, you know, I guarantee you this idea, if you feel like a failure in any way, I guarantee you it's coming from the outside. It's not your voice. You might think it's your voice in the same way that you think I am this being, I am this person, but you're not, you're so much more than that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to me, that is success. That is, that is like living that life is like going to the gym. Do we work out? Because at some point in six months, when I weigh this much and I have this much definition, that I'm just going to stop because I'm perfect. No, it's a thing you continuously do. It's a lifestyle. That's where you're present in the gym, doing, focusing on your form, focusing on what you're doing, being present in it. That's what matters. That's the journey, right? We are all God of our own lives, living our life the way we want to do it. What, what are you going to do with your journey? Are you going to allow what other people say? I can't tell you how many times I've said something that were someone else's words. Mm. And it took me a lot of years of doing that before I stopped and started taking stock when I started looking inside, inward, because honestly, that is your North Star. It all comes from within. Everything that you grow out there starts from the seed that's inside of you. You But the amount of times that I said shit that wasn't my words, and you just play it off because you want to fit in because the external world is all that matters. Fuck the internal world, right? But as you start looking at yourself and you say something and you catch yourself and you go, those aren't my words at all. That's my mom's words. That's my dad's words. That's my uncle's words. That's my friend's words. That's my brother's words, you know? And knowing what are your words and what aren't your words, eventually you stop saying things that aren't yours. And that's part of finding that authentic voice, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I would like to add one more thing is this, the at the simple act of doing, right. I'm calling it reps in the gym, but doing my homework, doing the reps, showing up is the success. And once you're doing it, you stop and you go, holy shit, this is what success is. I am a success. And it, it fuels this fire that stokes everything, you know? It really is amazing. And and you realize like, it's not about the achievement. It's just being in the gym, so to speak. The proverbial gym, Hmm. just doing the next rep, just show up for the next rep. You know, that's what people don't do. I, you, you, this, you've, uh, you've repeatedly (laughs) brought up this word of reps, um, since like the, you know, pretty much since the start of the podcast. And that was something that, um, I find really, really fascinating. I mean, within uh, my own sort of uh, where I teach actors, you know, there's in Meisner work, it's it's kind of famously known this thing called repetition, um, a whole process called repetition. And then you talking about 
you know, in this course that you're doing, there's these repetitions of these things to hone your craft. And I, I'm interested in hearing, um, hearing sort of your experience of this, because in my experience, both through having gone through what I now teach as well as what I see in students that I'm teaching, um, you know, there, this whole thing of, of repetition is, it's fascinating because you start to figure out how you do something through it. You know, it's not really about doing what I'm telling you to do. You know, you do what I'm telling you to do so that you can sort of find how you do it in a weird way, you know? And, and I, I find that, that that works in a lot of different areas in life. Like I know just for myself, you know, like learning how to, you know, have my own school and, and, you know, be a person who has like their own sort of business, I guess, you know, and, and feeling like I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and, and reading books and looking at articles and this and that and feeling my head, but never, um, never taking that leap that's ultimately kind of required and finding that, you know, I've been learning that like, as I just take these small leaps, realizing I don't have to take these big leaps. It's just like, no, you just, it's a small leap. It's a continuous small leap. It's that repetition, right? Just do this right now and just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And seeing it's like, oh, okay, that doesn't really work. You know, it's like something that I'm trying out that I've, I've read in a book or something like that. And it's just like, okay, well that sort of works, but here's how I do it. Here's how this works for me. And I think that this is, um, I think it's an important thing within any type of training, any type of learning and growth is that we, we can get trapped in just taking it for what it is, as opposed to making it our own and even potentially taking it even further than the people who've passed it on to us. So I know I've said a lot, but in terms of your experience of this repetition and, and, and the course that you're doing, like how is your experience with, with that inner life that you're, that you're talking about where that, who you are, that, that expression that is you, um, in all of its infiniteness, <laughs> how does that, how has that been entering into this, this craft that you've been developing? So the example that I use often is like learning how to drive standard, right? And I actually thought about this the other day, two days ago, I, I really sat down and I thought, I remember getting in my dad's Chevy Capri. I remember the parking lot where it was. I remember learning how to push a clutch in and move the stick and you know like the couple times my dad was like whoa no no brakes brakes we're gonna hit a building you know but after that i don't remember the years i spent learning it all i know is that now i can drive standard and i don't think about the car i'm thinking about the road ahead of me the car in front of me is there any is there a light is there someone mm -hmm. crossing the street i can focus on those other things right and that's what the reps allow you to do the reps allow you to really sink 
the the process or the tools into a into a and an instinctual place, a subconscious layer where you don't have to work hard at manifesting that. They you can pull them at will, right? So it's a lot like that. I'm I'm not really at the end of my journey yet. Not that we ever really get to the end of our journey, but this particular journey, I don't think I'm at the end yet. So I'm in this, I'm kind of in the middle of it right now. I'm doing the reps, right? So um, there was something else that I wanted to say about the reps. Maybe it'll come back to me. But, but ah, uh, yes, now I remember. So in screenwriting terms, what I've what I've learned is that there. Because let's go back to process first, because process is one of the things besides relationship that I wanted to talk about. Now, one of the things we talk about is the process. Now, process is all that stands between you and an end product. So if you have success in a creative endeavor, you can get there in one of two ways, blind luck or process. And one of these things is repeatable and one of them is not. So process becomes extremely important. Now, the way I've learned process, we used a particular tool over and over and over again to hone a process. And what they're doing is they're teaching me all the things involved in a process. And of course, there might be more later on once I've really learned this that I come up with that I can add to my own flavor. But I'm learning this process and I highly recommend whether you're a any, whether you're a painter, an actor, a director, it doesn't matter, keep a process journal. And then when you have a success, you can refer back to your journal and see what you did right. And when it doesn't come off, you can go back and go, okay, well, this is what I did in my process and it didn't lead me to success. So I'm gonna make sure I cut that out or use it differently, right? So I'm learning process, but eventually what the goal is, is that I make the process my own. And in, in working with these working screenwriters, what I've learned is that when a writer takes on a process, they learn based on that showrunner. So for example, um, um, who is the guy who did Breaking Bad? Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan worked on um, the X-Files with Chris Carter. So when he got into Chris Carter's writing room, he learned the process and did things the Chris Carter way. And you do that and you do that and then it becomes second nature. And then you prove yourself that you can do this and do it well. And maybe they give you your own show like Breaking Bad. You get to the point where he can make his own show. Well, now he's the, the star of this writer room. And so any writers that he comes and invites in are going to do it the Vince Gilligan way. So it's an offshoot of the Chris Carter way, but he's doing it. Now it's become Vince Gilligan. You know, it's when you watch a show by a certain showrunner, you, you can tell a certain style or a certain director, you know, this is a David Fincher movie. Hmm. This is a Ridley Scott movie, you know, because they have their own process. So I definitely think, especially with mentorship being so important, to take on, to learn someone else's process and then make it your own, that's the only way it's possible. That's the only way you can learn the tool because you just don't know it. You can have the most wonderful relationship with yourself, but again, if you don't have that tool, it doesn't go anywhere. 
But if you don't have that relationship with yourself, you don't even know to look for the tool. You don't know how to go on the hunt. And if you're, if you're solid inside and you know what you're going for, if you know your North Star, if you know your navigation, you know where you're going, you will find you will probably subconsciously surround yourself with the tools and the people that you need. So I thought it was really fascinating. I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'd li- I've always wanted to write features and get, get paid to, to do something that I love, but maybe it's a show. Maybe it's a showrunner. Maybe I'm going to be pulled onto someone else's show. It, it was the same thing with um, uh, the guy who does Mad Men, uh, Matthew Weiner. He he was um, pulled in by David Chase when he was doing The Sopranos, and he learned the David Chase way. But he did the David Chase way so well for so long and won Emmys that they said, "Okay, what do you want to do?" He went, "I've got this script that no one was ready for right. called Mad Men." And then anybody who comes into his world is now doing it the Matthew Weiner way. So it really is sort of a slingshot thing. It's not something you develop on your own, but you, you take it up. You have to be open to it. You take it on. And then when the time is right, and if you're, if you're checked internally, then you'll know, then you know when it's time to step off to, to take flight and make the process yours, you know? Mm. Just quickly as a, as a, just just a simple curiosity for me who are some who are some who are some writers right now that are really blowing you away uh my my probably my favorite writer is uh william monahan uh okay. he wrote he wrote the departed um he wrote my favorite movie uh, the uh, director's cut of kingdom of heaven which i do highly recommend you watch but kingdom i think that was your movie actually, last time yeah. Now that I now that you mention it, I think that was like the movie that you said was your favorite the last time you came on the show. Yeah, makes I still haven't seen it. Not well. You'll know when you know when the time is right. You know, <laughs> I, it's because I need to find the director's cut. I think right. You were saying it's like the director's cut that I need to, yeah. to find. I've got a copy. I'll just give it to you if you want. I can hook you guys up with a copy, but it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's worth it. It's it's full of heart. It's full of emotion. It doesn't take sides. It doesn't paint one as a monster. And, you know, it, it's so, it's the rare film that got greenlit with no production, like hell. They just, they didn't change a word. They just went, this is amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they made it, they shot it as is. And I mean, he's on there making changes that Ridley Scott wants. And here's another thing. Um, Corey Mandel was talking and he said this publicly a lot of times is that he was still in uh, he was still in writing school when he he pitched an idea to his agent and his agent ended up pitching it to Ridley Scott's agent and he ended up getting a meeting with Ridley Scott and Ridley Scott took him plucked him from school took him to London he's like you're taking a flight to London like tomorrow and he was like what Ridley Scott wants to meet you and so he came up with this idea and he had it, he had this beautiful, great idea. And then Ridley Scott sat him down and he talked Ridley Scott through it. And he said, okay, so what's this really about? And he was like, what, what do you mean? What's it really about? And he was like, what's it really about? And so for like two days straight, meeting after meeting, it was just hours of, okay, what's this really about? But what's it really about? But what's it really about? You know? Mm. And he, he spent one night, he spent the whole night, he didn't sleep. He wrote it all down. He had, I got the perfect answer. This is it. It's, it's, 
it's the Holy Grail. I've got it. And he came back and he said, so what's this really about? And he was like, this, this is what it's about. And Ridley Scott was like, wow, but what's it really about? <laughs> and he was like, I got nothing. And he, and, and yeah. that's, and that's the thing. It's, it's the internal, you got to keep going deep. One of the terms that they use in the class is go deep, not wide. Mm. Everybody can go wide. Wide is shallow. Go deep. Yeah. Be afraid to keep going. I had I had an acting teacher who had a similar sentiment, um, which was uh, don't go bigger, go deeper. Mm-hmm. Right. For an actor, that's an important one because actors, you get un- unsure of yourself or whatever. The, the temptation is to just go bigger. And it's like, no, don't go bigger to go deeper. Yeah. Go deeper and that's- it will be big. <laughs> so so a little story for you guys, if you don't mind. Um. What I've been told is the general way that breaking into screenwriting happens is you write what Corey calls a pitch-perfect authentic script. That means that it, it doesn't just hit all the marks, Not, and I don't mean in a paradigm. I don't mean in that three-act structure. It hits all the marks it needs to hit. It's authentic. It's fresh. It comes from within, and the industry just loves it. And oftentimes, the industry doesn't know what to do with it. Mad Men was made years, it was written years before Mad Men was made because TV land wasn't ready for that. At I, that I time, heard it was like 15 years he, yeah. he started that before it ever even got made. At that time, there really was just HBO. That was it. Now there's so many platforms. Now there's a hunger for it. People realize, you know, the importance of something like that. So, you know, he could pull that out of his back pocket at this time, right? Um, but so, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but there's a good point in that, which is that sometimes your authentic truth or creation, whatever you want to call that, the world isn't ready for it yet. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't like think that it's wrong or bad just because, you know, no one is willing to accept it yet because there maybe isn't a platform yet or no one. You know, like maybe it's ahead of its time. Who knows, right? You don't know. Being a visionary. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. But back to the story. So the idea is that you you write one of these scripts and it usually gets put on the blacklist, you know, and the industry is like, holy crap, I need to meet this cat who wrote this. And they meet you and you go and do your meetings and you, you go through your meetings. And if you can sell the pitch, hey, maybe you've launched a career. Usually it takes about two to three, maybe four iterations of doing this before you land and someone gives you an offer and and you start. There was this student of Corey's who had gone to five, written five scripts and they were all, oh man, this is amazing. This is amazing, but not really, but not yet, you know? And she got to this point where she was ready to quit. She had kids to feed. She was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. What else can I possibly do? And Corey sat her down and went, you need to go deeper. And so she fought it. The resistance came out and she fought it tooth and nail and she said some mean shit to him and she just walked out. And the next day she came in and she said, I'm sorry for my behavior. I really took that on. And the next script she wrote launched her career. And it's, it's, it's the willingness to go deeper than you think you need to go. When you think you're there, 
go deeper again. And that is, it ties in with this thing I'm saying, work the relationship with the inner you. Because Matthew Weiner, if he didn't work on the internal world that he's got going, would have just been like, oh, well, rip, that script is fucked because nobody believes in it. But no, because he worked his internal world. He knew at some point this is going to come good, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important part of it. You have to see something that sometimes the world doesn't see in your work. And, you know, I think that that's why we have to do stuff that we really truly believe in, you know, and that just doesn't come from just writing or making a film that comes from acting too. Like, you know, taking on a character mm-hmm. that you believe, you know, you see something in, or, you know, you, you, you think something's there and, and letting that, that go. I mean, I love uh, the story about Marlon Brando who did the Godfather. And a lot of people don't realize this, but he went home after he basically agreed to do the part or the part was, um, you know, basically offered to him and he had a meltdown. He's like, I can't do this. And it's like one of the most iconic, most important roles in, in history that has ever been captured on film. And this is a guy that had to go home and basically face his demons. You know what I mean? And then, you know, once he got over the, I can't do this and I'm not enough. And this is, you know, I'm crazy to think, you know, he started to get creative. He started thinking, okay, well, this guy has some, you know, he got injured. So he has, so he put cotton balls into his jaw and he started to play and he started to get creative. And I think like this, this thing about not being good enough is not like just for the amateur. It's the professionals face this stuff as well. We all have to confront that our work doesn't feel like it's good enough that we're not good enough that we don't know what we're doing and there's a there's a I think you have to have an internal relationship with yourself to be like I'll go a little bit deeper let's just see and I think Marlon Brando went home as I read his autobiographies and I this is an important story to me that he went home and he went a little deeper instead of running away and that's the difference between an Oscar winning performance and something that never existed and he never did it for the Oscar. Right. He didn't right? even show up for it. <laughs> right? He didn't care about the Oscar. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. He it's, was truly in it for the work at that point, for sure. Yeah. I've heard of championship athletes who have won championships and league MVPs that still vomit in a trash can before they go out. You're never going to, I think to be, to be an artist, if you really, really ask yourself, Honestly, do you want to create something great? If you do, if the answer is really yes, you're straddling the abyss, the abyss that you faced in your journey. Mm. It's the abyss, man. And you're never going to lose that. That's where the great art comes from. It's, it, it, it's formed from that, that pain and confusion and that uncertainty. And that's where the great shit comes from, you know? So you never stop doing that. I say run towards being uncomfortable, you know? And if you want to, to in my opinion, if you want to be, if you want to be strong and you don't want to be held back by your, your emotions, your negative emotions, and I say that not in a, that they are negative, but just maybe they, they don't allow you to pursue what you want. Just like raps, right? You can you can train yourself to do the opposite of what the fear is telling you to. And that gets easier. It's never, it's never completely easy to do, 
But Marlon Brando was great. Yes, he had a lot of talent. Wayne Gretzky had a lot of talent. Michael Jordan had a lot of talent. But they worked on the craft. Marlon Brando is great because he never stopped looking for that. He never went, I arrived. Yeah. It's, it's what got, and you may disagree with this performance, but Heath Ledger being the Joker, I'm not even a crazy fan of that movie, but that performance, it took me a long time to see it, but he faced a lot of demons there, you know? And I, and I think it ended up killing him in a lot of ways. Some people can handle it, some people can't, but I think if you were to ask someone like Heath Ledger, you know, wherever he is, he would say, I wouldn't have it any other way because that was the life that he wanted to live. And that's, that's the difference between being great and not is straddling that abyss and going, okay, I'm going to leap again. Well, I mean, I just, I will say, I think it's in my opinion is a little bit like, I think it's a bit of a poetic outlook because we never really know what someone's going to say and how they experienced it. It could have been hell. It could have been whatever, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that going out and living your life and finding out that there's something inside of you that's a little bit more than you realized is is an incredible win in life mm-hmm. you know and uh, you look at the he ledger performance in the joker it's it's he found something in himself that maybe he didn't know existed you know and neither did any of us and that's why we celebrate it same with marlon brando same with meryl streep same with you know you can name all these people right mm-hmm. um how they experienced it, if that was a victory for them, or if that was the hardest thing they ever went through, we don't really know. But I think this is the thing is like, you could also just work a nine to five job and settle for that and call that your existence and wait for a retirement that might never come because society has a way of taking all of that from us anyway. So it's like, or you get hit by a bus or you get hit by a bus, Yeah, you know, yeah. but I mean, we got this life and we can live it and we can drink some beer. <laughs> <laughs> is it and beer we, time? we need to mention the beer because this is a really good beer i'm glad you like it you did good i chose this one okay I'll, i guess i'll go uh evan because i did because he brought it in so this is hoin brewing co and uh this is their kolsch beer garden i've had this before myself oh yeah so this is one that i've actually had on the on the podcast but mm. We wanted a light beer. It's a hot summer day, and uh, I'm glad you like it, man. I do. It's got so, the orange hats to it, you know. It's, yeah, it, and it's not perfumey, like you know. I'm it's one of the few times where our guest is time. actually drinking the same beer as one of us, Evan. <laughs> it's been a pretty, while since we've done pretty that. Incredible, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are you having? Uh, I'm drinking uh, what's called Prime Time. Oh, Prime Time. Uh, it's, uh, and it's actually, it's from Bridge Brewing in North Vancouver. And, uh, this is like one of those, um, low, low carb, I guess, low calorie as well. Oh. Um, one of those low carb beers. Um, but it says on, on the front, it says no compromises. So it's still a full 5% beer that you're getting in that low carb situation. And it's just kind of like a light, it's a light beer. What can I say? It's it's good. It's really good. It goes down really smooth. Like it has a different sort of quality to it because of that. I guess that's that whole low low carb thing. It's not that I'm trying to wash my carbs. It was just I was curious. <laughs> it's a lot like this this talk we're having. Hey, yeah. it's uh, it's deep, but we're keeping it light. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to. Um, we're definitely going deep. We're we're definitely going into like the big kind of wild part of artistry when I think what's been 
what's been good for me is just what we've talked about so far is Evan and I have been straddling this idea of the unknown. That's been a really big theme through the last several uh, podcast episodes. And it's interesting to have you come on and just kind of talk about this kind of grand unknown thing that, you know, you're straddling um, because I think it's just a good reminder that like, like you can learn all the craft you want. You can learn all the techniques. You can learn all of this, but at the end of the day, we all have to walk on that line of the unknown. We all have to go out and explore that. And that's probably the only place where you're going to find your voice. You know, it's probably the only place where you're going to find out um, what you're really trying to say is in that, you know, navigating this belief inside yourself that there's something out here I'm going to find. No one knows to look for it, but I am going to dare to go out there. Yeah. And you're probably going to face some storms, you know, internally and externally um, to, to find this plot of land that you're looking for, you know, metaphorically. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, a, yeah, this North star. Yeah. And it's, it's not a, it's not a physical thing. You're not necessarily taking a, a ship and, and looking for a piece of land. It's in your mind. It's in your imagination. And your imagination is excavating life that you've experienced, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, to manifest whatever this unknown thing is. Well, um, and I'm glad we had the beer stop here because <laughs> I wanted to do a little podcast stop. This is something okay. that I wanted to say to you guys. It, it just talk uh, just for a second about your, your podcast and what you're building here. I, I view this podcast as, as a heartbeat, you know? what you you don't know where it's going to go you don't know who it's going to touch but it's a beating heart you know and i just i really appreciate that you guys you're building something you show up you keep this heart alive you know and and it is an unknown you're standing in front of a microphone and it's like oh i'm just, i'm talking into the ether here but you have no idea who you're reaching you don't you don't know who needs to hear this you know or something that is said that sticks with someone until they have an epiphany and it makes sense, whatever that is, you have no idea where this podcast is going, but it is a beating heart. And I just, I commend you guys on that because this world needs more of this kind of stuff. You know, it's why I want to come back. Mm. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, Evan, I don't know. Uh, do you want to ask him the questions again? Let's see, see if anything. Sure, changed. let's do it. Let's do, let's, let's do, do the questions. Right. Let's see. We've run you through the questions before. Sure. Um, there's a couple questions that I might not ask you because obviously we know what your favorite movie is, but maybe we'll ask what your second is and sure. stuff like that. But Evan, do uh, you want to start it off? Yeah, and I mean, I hope you remember the one you had in your back pocket here. But uh, <laughs> so, what's what's the most important book you've ever read? Uh, mindset. Mindset. It's I can't remember the authors. Um, but mindset, it's, it's all about that, the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. And that changed me because I realized that fixed mindset that I had was, as we've been saying, someone else's voice, not mine. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm glad you shared that. I mean, it's uh, it just that it's like, it's a position, you know, like to, to look at failure this is something I talk with Evan a lot about, and I'll just mention it because I feel like it's always important. But I always harp, well, I don't always, but I, I have find my occasions to harp on the school system. And the school system, um, 
does teach a fixed mindset. And that's Absolutely. part of the, that's part of the problem we're all facing, right? As we move from the industrial revolution into the technological or informational revolution, we're beginning to realize that fixed mindset no longer applies. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't even think if you're an artist that you need, it's not just for artists. This is for like life. You need to um, begin to see that there's more to you than just this fixed idea of what you think you are. You need to take chances. Yeah. You know, and, and you're just not going to take the chances you need to take if you just feel like a failure. Yeah. If, if you look, if you, if you look at things with a fixed mindset, you're essentially looking around and going, this is as good as it gets. And I do not agree with that. And I lived my life for too long in that mindset and I won't go back. Well, I think that's, I think that's why it's so powerful coming from you because you, you did, you, you, you lived your life and you let that be a part of you. You broke out of it, which is proof that you can, you know, um, Evan has taught me a lot about breaking out of certain fixed mindsets myself, you know, like, um, for example, you know, uh, just learning how to navigate, having a regular job and having an artist career at the same time. I mean, Evan did that before I did. And then I found myself in that position and I had to learn how to do that, but I got his experience and I got to see, okay, like, look, you can, you can, you can straddle this. You don't, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, but I know there's a lot of people out there and they're just, it's one or the other for them. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can all be examples for each other to, to kind of, I'd like to say one thing about that. Um, Brandon knows my wife um, and my wife has become a little bit fixed mindset when it comes to her writing. And Brandon encouraged her to just sit down and write silly little stories. And yesterday she just sat down and was like, I I'm just, while you're doing that, I'm going to go in here and I'm just going to write for five minutes because that's what Brandon told me to do or challenged me to do. So she went in there and she ended up writing a story about a potato, all right? Now this potato, uh, she only told me a bit about it, but the potato, you know, sprouted a lot of sprouts and other potatoes and it whispered to the potatoes like, you could, you could do it, grow potatoes. And she wrote this whole story about potatoes. And I just thought, you know, that's what it's about, man. That's the that's <laughs> casting off the fixed mindset. Yeah. If, if, if you're sitting there with a fixed mindset and you're like, uh, I'm going to sit here and write and it's never going to go anywhere. And once you get in there and you start writing about this potato and you love this little potato and that's your potato, yeah. you know, like I was telling Brandon earlier, I wrote, I wrote an entire song. It's a, about bananas, about like <laughs> bananas and wanting to meet their destiny, but it's all in like a big cabana thing. And like, these are the things like, this is a way to get from a, a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Have Let's play. Fun. Play. Yes, play. 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 We've all forgotten to play. Yeah. You know, everything becomes so fucking serious. You know, like we hit a point where, where for some reason we hit a switch where it's like, okay, it's all serious now though. And it's just like, no, no, no. You lose the play and you lose everything. So if I were to say, if there's anyone out there that is choosing one over the other, just remember that you're everything. You are the God of your own world and you can just play. You want to take this one seriously, have the play be your fun. Yeah. You know, you know, um, I know we have another question, yeah, questions to come, but here, but um, your wife, uh, we have a thread and she shared it on the thread and we've never had everyone in the thread respond so positively to anything because everyone got lit up about this potato story. 
Like everyone was just like, this sounds amazing. Got to read it. Like people were like, please share it. Yeah. And it's like, but the creative, the artist who's too serious goes, oh, it's a potato. That's so stupid. But the, the person playing, the person exploring mm. just goes, let's just see what happens. And then it turned into what sounds like a really fun and interesting story. And it got everybody pepped up. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. It could be a kid's book. I, yeah. You know, it, it, it really is. It's all, it's all about the fun. Um, I was going to say something based off of what you had said. Um, no, I think it's gone. Okay. Well, maybe it'll come back. Let me ask maybe you the next question. Sure. Just, yeah. you know, put on the back burner. Okay. So what's the second film that has made the greatest impact on you? I already know the first, which is uh, Kingdom of Heaven. But what's the second mm. film that, you know, something, something that you have in the recesses of Scott? <laughs> go deeper. Go deeper. Yeah, go deeper. Second film, hey? I'm going to go with Narc. Narc. Oh yeah, you've told me a bit about this. Narc is an intense movie. Um, it's very dark, and it's very gritty, and it's very real. But it's so well constructed, and I felt so many things watching. You know, it's the kind of movie where if somebody hits you in the face with a gun, you don't just pop up and like, mm. let's go fight. Like you are out. You get you can't see and you come to and you know it's it's a really gritty real movie another one that i would have to say and because that was joe carnahan he wrote and directed narc joe carnahan also did um the the gray with liam neeson oh yeah love that i would put that up there as well with narc really love that movie love it i i mm. seem to love movies where or shows where their their voice is clear the lens is clear and you can tell that they are authentically in touch with their voice you know what i mean and it seems to resonate with me so yeah we go with those mm -hmm. two. beautiful yeah all right your next question what is a song or album that takes you somewhere you last time you said enya enya's great i remember now yeah Enya is really, really great. Um, but if I'm going to choose something different, um, the first song that I ever fell in love with, I had a pretty bad childhood in terms of like a lot of violence and stuff, but Toto by Africa or Africa by Toto. So <laughs> Africa by Toto, I still hear it and it just, it makes me smile. I still mm. get in touch with that. Well, you know, mm. um, yeah. I would go with that. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Uh, you know, like I'm, I definitely like, I, I crap on eighties music quite a bit. I'm, it's not my, not my favorite decade, but that is a song that is just like, yeah, you like, you turn up, turn up Africa by Toto, you know, like that's one of <laughs> those know? gems for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you again, because I've yep. asked you this before, yep. or Evan did. Where do you think creativity comes from? I mean, you're basically asking where's the source, right? Where is the source? I mean, that's a loaded question. Creativity comes from the source. The source is, I would have to say us. There's, it's not any one particular person, but in that idea that we are godlike with our subconscious, it 
it comes from the source. I don't know if, I know we're part of the source and I know that when the lens is clear, the source is shining through you, you know, but that, that special place, I just call it the source. I'm not sure where it is. I don't think it can be defined, mm. you know, but I know that the, the, the great art comes from that. You know, it's what Marlon Brando's looking for. He's looking for the source, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm. Hope that makes sense. <laughs> well, I think, you know, yeah. someone like Stephen Pressfield would agree, you know, he calls it the muse, you know, that it's, and I like, I like that. Actually, I really like the way you, you kind of are describing that because it's like the lens is clear so that the thing can come through you and it comes through your lens and it gets, you know, filtered by yeah. your lens, but, but you can let it through, you know, and, and whatever that is, you know, and I think also for me, I can say, you know, it's uh, creativity is time of your life too. Sometimes certain things are more relevant at certain times and, you know, and, and they come out that way or they're like that at that time. Mm. I remember what I was going to say earlier that okay. I had forgotten. When, when we listen to the outside world, when we say words that aren't our own, when we think thoughts that aren't our own, and we're, we play small, when we do that, it, how would I, how would I say this? We need to, kind of lost it again. I get so, <laughs> sorry, I'm so into this right now. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, right. We, we beat ourselves up because we listen to the outside world and we think, who am I? Who am I to do this? Who, who cares about what I have to say? It, it really relates to that, the question you were talking about. So many people see their life as black or white. It's nine to five. I can't have fun. A lot of that, in my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but my opinion is that that's because they're listening to other people's voices. They're, they're getting in their own way. And what I need to say is there's, there's something that will never go out of style and that's human nature. Hmm. That's the human drama, the human story. And each one of us has our own voice, has our own way to say that. And that comes intrinsically with an interest from other people. So if you feel like, who am I? I'm not a great actor. I'm not a great writer. I'm not a great creative. I'm not a great painter, whatever that is, you are. And you, because you are human and on a journey, people will be fascinated. People want to hear that. People want to go on that journey. You know what I mean? So I would just say, listen, listen to yourself, listen to the garden within, not the bullshit out there, because that shit just wants to stop you. It just wants to keep you down. So just remember that by being human, you have that within you that is innate that people want to follow. And that was the point I was going to make. That's a good point. Yeah. I like it. Glad it came back around. It did. Uh, your next question is, where or how do you find inspiration? You make it. I think you, you've got to learn to make your inspiration. For me, inspiration comes in the doing. I never sit down inspired, right? I sit down because the reps have to happen because I can't go back. I can't live the way I've been living. And so I have to do the reps. 
And in doing the reps, in doing the work, there comes a point where you're inspired. Mm. Did that come from me or did it come from the act of doing it? I don't know. But by sitting in it and doing it, that's where the inspiration comes from for me. Mm. You know, it's interesting. I, well, Evan knows I've been journaling every day for the last like nine years. I'm trying to trying to round 10. I will. I'm working at it. But uh, something I wrote today this just reminded me of it. I'm just going to read it because sure. I do these little quips every day. Yeah. They're just little things that I discover as I come along. But this one was push yourself to think bigger and dare to dream. Don't let yourself believe that your smaller thoughts are more realistic. Move past what you think you know and consider that there's a world in which you exist that you have not yet experienced. And I think that to me, it's like action. You know, if you continually take action as though there's this world out there that, that, that I exist in, and I don't even know what it's like, but I exist there and I just need to take steps towards getting there. Mm -hmm. This thing that I call realistic is, is only what I've experienced, which is extremely fucking limited. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest for every one of us, whatever you think you've experienced. I mean, you've told me about your childhood. I've never experienced even a fraction of what you experienced, right? But you can invite me into a story to have some experience of that. And not just that, there is a world outside of each of us that we know nothing about that we might exist in. And I think our dreams and things like that exist in that, in that realm. So, I mean, I, I wrote this out because I was like, That's great. you know, it's like, if you moved past what you thought you knew, which is I'm not good enough and you know, whatever this fixed mindset, maybe there's a world out there that, you know, exists. And, and I think like that to me, inspiration is going and going like, what if I tried to enter this thing? I don't know. What if I, what if I looked into it? What if I, in, and I do, like you said, uh, sorry, the reason why this came up was because you said, um, I don't sit down inspired. And I would agree. I don't sit down inspired. I get inspired by writing and pushing myself or by going out in the world, doing something, thinking about something, pushing myself somewhere. And then I have to write it down, mm -hmm. but I don't sit down inspired and it doesn't start there. It either started or I sit down and I find it, but it doesn't, it's, 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 it, it happened either by accident or by just doing, mm -hmm. or it happened by sitting down and doing and committing and hanging in that pocket of, I'm not inspired. So inspiration is a mindset. It really is. You know, like you can like process the process that I've been learning. You can go, okay, well, this is the step. Then this is the next step. And this is the next step. But really in the creative process, you can start anywhere as long as you know where you're going. Right. You don't have to know when you sit down where you're going but you'll learn it along the way. It's, it's the act of doing. For me, the inspiration comes when I'm working and then I stop and I have a moment and I go, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Not because the world says it, but because my, my inner mm -hmm. relationship says, this is what I'm meant to do. And I'm sitting in it and I feel the glow of not procrastinating, of pushing back against all the outside bullshit. And I go, I'm doing it. And then the inspiration comes because you're open. You're a completely bloomed flower, you know? Mm. And I would like to say to anybody out there, you are a human being. And because you are a human being, you have a place at the table. 
People don't think, who am I? I? I don't have a place here. No one wants to hear what I have to say. Bullshit. You're playing small. You're playing small. You have a place at the table. You have every right to be there. It's a, it's a tragedy if you don't, mm. you know? Mm. Well, I guess <laughs> I think it's on me now, Evan. Yep. Um, <laughs> wow. Has this conversation ever gone on a wild, great. cool ride? Okay. What's one thing you would tell your childhood self? Oh, um, so many things. If I had to pick one, I would say, don't let anybody influence you negatively. You know, don't take on other people's bullshit. Find your North Star and go. And just go. Just see where it takes you, man. You know, the fact that we are human beings with this consciousness is such a gift. And so many people just allow the bullshit to get them down. Find your North Star and go. Just go. Hmm. What else is there? That's the only currency there is, man. You know? I, I feel like I want to write that down as like a piece of advice to give myself and to, you know, anyone who has, it's just like, don't take on other people's bullshit, find your North star and go. Mm. That's great, man. Just keep that's going, awesome. man. I'm that's telling great. you, the lens is clear right the now. The lens is clear. <laughs> you know, but it comes from the reps. Yeah. It comes from the reps. Every day I sit down, I'm fighting through my own procrastination and my own bullshit and all the shit that yeah. all the outside voices, all of that crap. You, you just, you do it enough. It stops being able to hold you back. And then you get a Marlon Brando. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've like, and I started the conversation saying this, but I've been watching you and it almost, you're so committed to your North star these days that I honestly forget that you even struggle, but I, I know that you do. I know that you, 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 but you've gotten yourself into a habit of making your North star more important than your struggle. And I remember a time where your struggle was really overshadowing your North star. And I, I, I mean, it's inspiring to me because, you know, it's, it's actually helped me, you know, because I, I watch you and I go, yeah, he's, he's focused on what he wants to do. It's like, I can be focused on what I want to do. And I, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. I think like we all, we all um, give mirrors of each other. And the thing that's been really nice for me, uh, you know, having you as my friend and watching you figure out your stuff has been a good mirror for me because it's made me reflect in myself. Yeah. I want to, I want to put my bullshit aside and focus on what's most important. So that uh, resonates with me, man. That's, does. that's yeah. awesome. Thanks mm -hmm. for telling me. And, yeah. and that's, that's great to hear because it, it, it reminds me that, the external is aligning with my internal, mm. you know, standing in your power is a wonderful thing to do for yourself. And the reflected glow is that it helps other people. It mm. allows other people to stand in their power as well. You know, totally. Some of this conversation has reminded me a little bit of, um, a guest we had on a while back, uh, Dan Hines. Remember Dan? Yeah. Brandon, he was, he, he actually comes from ministry. Um, He's like a, he's a minister, uh, but he's, uh, does a lot of other cool things like in bringing sailing back into it. He's learned traditional wayfinding 
from like Polynesians or something like where you basically you actually just see the place you're trying to get to in your mind and you read you learn to read the ocean and this like I don't know everything that goes into it but pe these people discovered thousands of islands without any kind of map but with just seeing it in their minds um, but anyhow, just the sailing thing was interesting because we talked about sailing, but yeah, he, you know, one of the big things he used to, that he said on our show was showing up and I kind of equate that in, in just now to this thing of reps, you know, and, and sitting down, just like, just show up, show up for yourself, show up for this thing, you know, whatever and see it what happens. Anger, whatever it takes, like for me, it, it's not anger anymore. It was frustration that made me sit down and continually sit down. But now it's, it's, I, it's like, I'm on it, the, it's, it's a snowball. It's built, it's built. It's like your nine plus years of writing, you know, it, you can't, you can't fuck that up now. I mean, you can, don't get me wrong. It'd be <laughs> easy to do, but you're like, no, I'm not going to do that because I know to, to quote the matrix, I know where that road goes. Mm. You know where it ends, you know? Yeah. We just need to get out of our own way and show up. Mm -hmm. I love it. Show up, show up for yourself, you know? Cause what the fuck is the point if you're not? Yeah. All right, Scott, we got one last question for you. Shoot brother. What would your future self tell you now? I'm, I would say, keep doing what you're doing and just realize how far you've come. Just keep doing what you're doing. If you can see how far you've come, the future is unknowable. It's, it could be absolutely amazing. And it will be, regardless of whether I get some kind of outward success it it will be because a life well lived is the only thing we got mm. so i think my future self would just be i'm proud of you keep showing up you know i would tell the the younger me show up don't let anybody's bullshit affect you just show up and the future me would say keep showing up you know it's a great point you made evan show up show up for yourself it's not not my point it's from from Dan Hines. Dan Hines, <laughs> it's a great point, Dan. There you go. Well, we'll let we'll let Scott have the final thought on this episode. But um, Evan, do you have any anything that you want to like leave to like maybe take away? Like someone could take away from this conversation something that stood out for you. Um, um, I don't know if I want to say anything more. To be honest with you. Just echoing the, 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 you know, the reps show up, show up for yourself as uh, I think that's just a beautiful way to, to end this one. I think it uh, says a lot about this conversation that, that we had today. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, I'll tell you this, Scott. Um, I've been watching you on your journey. I've been watching you grow and, and evolve. So, you know, to me, you're, you you are the living proof that somebody can um, 
you know, based on all that I know about you from the fucked up childhood, which you never really got into about that you went from to get to where you are now to just be so dedicated and committed and just pushing through. And, you know, and I've just, I remember, here's something I had to share. I remember this when I started my business making, helping people make films and you reached out to me on Facebook and you told me, um, you wrote this really long letter and you wrote about like the hardship you went through with your mom and all of this stuff. And, y- you know, you just, you wrote a letter and it was like the first time you'd reached out to me in like nine years. And then it was like a year later or so you, you, you know, you and I reconnected and I, I remember that letter. I just remember all the stuff you shared with me. And I was like, wow, like this guy's really opening up to me. And you, you said something about somehow I had made an impact on you to like make you do that. And then you and I were sitting in a sushi restaurant. I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, and you wanted to write. And I was like, well, here's some things that I know about writing. And it was like, it's kind of like life. And then I showed you this little diagram. And I was like, you see, it's kind of like life. And you were so like, new and green at that moment (laughs) and since then you've like powered through writing screenplays you've launched yourself into choruses you you've developed your craft so much and man i don't know what it takes to come from the world that you went from to get to where you are now but you're living proof to everybody that like there's no life story that is going to hold a person down from their dreams and i mean i just like I'm a champion of you, man. I hope I hope that you just keep with it. And I, I don't know what's going to become of your career, but I'm it's an honor that you're sharing on this podcast, you know, your journey and your process. So um I'm just I'm thankful for that. And I, I want to acknowledge that because um, you know, it makes me realize that like for myself, it's like, yeah, like I have my story, I have my bullshit, I have my, you know, my my uh things that I had to grow through, but you remind me that. None of that has to define me today. Everything today and tomorrow is who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to put that energy forward. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm grateful. You know, I feel like this is just one chapter of many chapters on this podcast of your journey. And I'm grateful that we got to have you on to, to share this, this step in the process. Thanks, man. Yeah. That means a lot. That really means a lot. And, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, one of the reasons why I love coming here is it's it's the heartbeat you guys have built. You know, it's a rhythm I want to be involved with. I want to sync up with that rhythm, you know? So as inspiring as maybe you find me, I I find it inspiring what you guys are building here. You know, it's you're not doing it to like, hey, look at our podcast. You're trying to reach people, man. And that's a rare fucking thing, you know? Um, so thank you. So if I had to leave it with one thought, it would just be, don't don't make yourself small. Don't play down, play up, you know? Don't let anybody's bullshit affect you. Find your tribe, find your inner relationship and just go, you know? Don't play small, just go. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. 
You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.